You're listening to DraftKings Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. To the penultimate episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two, at least for this particular run. My name is Darth Amin. I am your Sith Lord, joined as always by my apprentice, Darth Corn Puzzle, aka Anthony Mays. Rule of Two is the Star Wars podcast where we review Star Wars content as it's released. We've done it for The Mandalorian, we've done it for Book of Boba Fett, for Obi Wan, for The Bad Batch. This is our review of the limited series Ahsoka. We're reviewing the season finale, perhaps the series finale, I don't know. Oh, man. The Lion, the Witch, and the Warlord. Well, it's not the Lion, it's the Jedi, but you picked up on the reference (laughs) they were making. Not Warlord, that's Wardrobe. And it's Narnia, guys! Yeah, that's all this is. Been doing too many Lord of the Rings shoutouts. It's time to get the other fantasy juggernaut in the mix. That's right. Narnia. Dave Filoni, the creator of Ahsoka, both the character in the series, chose to use this entire season as an homage to other shit, apparently. Mm. <laughs> so, as I said, this is the penultimate episode. We're going to have a special episode next week, so we'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of this. But, Maze, I really want to do broad strokes on this. Yeah, we have to start with broad strokes. Long story short, it's what we said, right? Yeah. I think we covered a lot of the general conversation that I'm seeing, the chatter last week. We talked about it all. Thrawn has to get away. He got away. Mm -hmm. The night troopers are reanimated by dark magic, although this was the first time. I don't believe they were dead the first time around. No. Except for apparently the two super night troopers. Yes. Okay. So I saw different places, different things. Some people said those are purge troopers. I thought they were death troopers. Death troopers are the ones introduced in Rogue One who are like elite, elite stormtroopers. They're the ones that accompany Director Krennic wherever he goes in in Rogue One because they are, again, elite of the elite of stormtroopers. Here's why I think they're death troopers and not purge troopers, which were introduced, I believe, in the video game Fallen Order. When they talked, they had that weird distortion because death troopers their vocals are coded. Like when they talk, it emits, it comes out in garbled speech that only other death troopers can understand. I thought I heard that when one of them approached Sabine, but whatever. Yeah, I thought they were newer 
thought they were a new creation. They were Thrawn's version of those two things. But they seem to be dead from the jump, at least when we see them in this episode. Yes, there are snarling like zombies and shit like that. So I do believe they are dead from the jump, but they were reanimated. We know that the cargo is dead Night Sisters. That's what we're taking over to Dathomir, apparently. Yeah, because we get the line from Ezra where he says that Thrawn woke these three up. Yes. Implying that more can be woken up and that these three were presumably in caskets or cargo boxes when they were originally found. Sabine finally use the force. breaks through. Yeah, use the force. She grabs her lightsaber and it reminds me of, was it Ray or who was the one that had that kind of moment? I thought it was Luke in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, and on Hoth. When he's hanging upside down. Yep, definitely shades of that. Ezra recreates Kanan's lightsaber, which I thought was a nice touch until they got really obvious with it. Quick question about that. Mm -hmm. Are we yada yadying the whole kyber crystal bond thing? We are doing that. You're asking about the kyber crystal bond. The kyber crystal is what allows a lightsaber to ignite. That's where the laser comes from. That's also coincidentally where the Death Star laser comes from. It's a massive kyber crystal that they got from, I believe it was... Jeddah, right? That's what Jeddah's all about, is getting a bunch of kyber. Jeddah's was about mining for kyber, more kyber, but the main huge kyber crystal was from Utapau. Mm. Where did they get a kyber crystal? I think Hu Yang's got a drawer, a junk drawer. Just got kyber crystals chilling mm-hmm. on deck? He seemed to have everything else. He's 25,000 years old, I mean. That's a good point. I mean, look, he had the duplicate for Kanan Jarrus' emitter. Think about how many Jedi he's trained. He's got a fucking duplicate for everybody, including the dead ones on that ship. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, he's got a lot of cargo. So it's a good thing that he didn't lose his lightsaber factory. We get TIE fighters dispatched to try to stop them. Ezra and... Ahsoka jump out. They keep the ship up. Sabine takes off. She kamikazes her way between the two TIE fighters. They just don't understand why they didn't just get out of the way. There's so many things wrong with the TIE fighters. There's a lot. They could have just not done drive-bys. They could have stayed put and hovered and shot them. It's the same thing that happened with Ahsoka when she cut them during the arrival at the Eye of Scion. I thought about that also about how about one of you guys comes from one direction and the other guy comes from the other. Nope. And that way, whenever you do circles, someone's already pointing at the thing as opposed to going, well, whatever. They did their job. <laughs> Theoretically, they disabled the ship, but not permanently. Hu Yang was able to rub some dirt on it, slap some duct tape on it and get that thing operational. Thrawn kind of foresaw it. And that's why he commissioned, hey, let's get some people who are ready to do this shit and Morgan gathers the night troopers and he says like do they know what they're what's about to happen basically you guys are gonna die unless she says yes they're honored to make the sacrifice for you and this is testament of course to Thrawn and what a great leader he is and how loyal his troops are but then he hits her back with not for me for the empire Yep. Because Thrawn's all about business. I'm talking about the pulse of the collective. Morgan is made into a full night sister, by the way. You see that? She finally... Is that what happened, or did they just get her a boat that said live forever on it? Live forever, yeah. That, that, that she tattooed <laughs> on her forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and here's your paddle. This is Talzin's sword. That is, of course, Mother Talzin, the head night sister who died in the Clone Wars. She had a sword, and she fought... Mace Windu with it in one episode of The Clone Wars. So 
That is a pretty big deal that she got that sword, which, of course, as May said, has inscripted on it. Live forever. Mm -hmm. They ride up on Howler back to the palace. They all use the force to open the gate. I'm reminded of the Eddie Murphy stand-up where he talks about Johnny Carson getting divorced and his wife getting half. And Eddie Murphy musing that Johnny Carson made like this room, the Scrooge McDuck room full of money. <laughs> and then the wife comes in with like 25 cents and throws it on top. He's like, here, I helped. Same thing with Sabine. Ezra and Ahsoka are opening this door. Sabine. Crucial part of the operation. They don't get it done without her. I mean, silly of you to think that. Sure, sure. They get inside. They get fighting. I thought the fight scene was kind of campy when they're all kind of standing there and slowly blocking blaster bolts. I enjoyed Ezra's moves, though. I liked it better when they started engaging in actual yeah. fighting as opposed to just standing there locking. Parrying. Things that they obviously can't see. The actors can't see. They're just kind of like dancing it reminded me of those people who do the glow stick dances and shit yeah they were doing a tiktok dance with the lightsabers yeah but i thought ezra's moves because we talked about his fighting style yeah last episode i'm glad they got him a lightsaber <laughs> rush delivery <laughs> this, yep. this beginning of the episode because he looked good with it i'm digging amon as fondy's performance as ezra not just the youthful exuberance of the character but also the physical aspect of it they kill the night troopers the night troopers come back to life they start doing this weird robin hood going through the castle and shutting the portcullis or whatever it's called and these guys have to slowly work their way through thrawn says we need more time and it looks at morgan like, mm -hmm, like very hinting and she says she understands he says, for the Empire, he walks away. She says, for Dathomir. And I, I got choked up. You got choked up. You got emotional. I got emotional a little bit. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Yeah, man, because she's doing this to, to restore her people, basically. Which goes back to a thing I think we talked about earlier, Maze, which is if Palpatine ordered the massacre of Dathomir, you would have Count Dooku to go there and just kill the Night Sisters because he didn't trust them. And... Thrawn works for Palpatine, and he's trying to continue Palpatine's vision. Why is Morgan, a night sister, in cahoots with him? And why is she so loyal to him? And it turns out she's not loyal to him. She's loyal to the resurrection of the Dathomiri people. Okay, so you think that the whole reason she... I mean, she does praise him a lot. I mean, he's really smart, dude. I mean, you can't... Like, let's be real. I guess so. He's a goddamn genius, man. I mean, I get that the night sisters called to her, but yeah, I'm still not... We talked about... He made this deal with them that he's going to bring him to Dathomir instead of a colony. Mm -hmm. I get that. I would have liked this season to address that at all. It's more implied. It's more subtext. But then the Morgan part of it, it definitely seemed like at the beginning, she was an old colleague of Thrawn's yeah. who worked with him in the Imperial Navy and that she was committed to him. And that, yes, he used the Night Sisters to place a long distance call for help but you're saying with this last line it's like no she was really in it for dathomir all along yeah and i think you know the great mothers as well this is all a marriage of convenience thrawn has no ill will or beef with the night sisters of dathomir he just wants to come back and rule the galaxy over here and let them do them which was the original arrangement that they had with sidious sidious is an egomaniac and thrawn is really a very rational person right like 
emotions and all that shit doesn't really factor in. Like, what's what's convenient? Convenient for him is like, yeah, all right, cool. You guys do your thing. I'll do my thing. We get the fight between Morgan and Ahsoka. Morgan destroys Ahsoka's lightsaber, by the way, one of them. So she just has to beat her ass with the other one. Question, Maze, something that as there's fighting over this kind of cliffside thing, this rooftop pool, Mm -hmm. same thing applies to Ezra and Sabine. I guess Ezra, not really Sabine. Why don't you just shove these motherfuckers off the side of the cliff? I do that all the time on Fallen Order and Survivor. Yeah. If you're by a cliff, you are shit out of luck, buddy. I'm shoving the shit out of you. They're not thinking outside the box video game style. I thought the whole thing with Ahsoka saying, let me fight Morgan one-on-one was also a little too play by the rules, right? Yeah. Go three-on-one real quick. Take her out. Keep moving. Yes and no. I think what she's thinking is we would definitely bust her ass three-on-one, but that might in and of itself, just take too much time with regard to Thrawn exiting. So it's better you guys go make sure Thrawn doesn't leave Mm -hmm. and I will handle this and it takes as long as it takes. Now, Ahsoka was right because Ezra and Sabine took their sweet time exiting that room with this weird cat-like stalking walk away. And when they got up there, the thing had taken off as opposed to they just ran past Morgan and ran upstairs. We would have to have some weird ass force jump scene, which (laughs) look, man, let me tell you something. If I'm Ezra, (laughs) no chance. Ezra's done this before, mind you. He's done this with Kanan a bunch of times. And Darth Maul. And Darth Maul. Run and I'll push you. So this ain't nothing to do with, like, this is a crazy plan. He's done this before. It's really about the personnel. And based on what he's seen out of Sabine, bro, ain't no way, man. Ain't, ain't no way. Uh, that's that's where you're wrong, I mean, because the plot armor and the plot belief to get things exactly where they need to go is so strong in this episode that there really was no suspense, even though there should have been. Even though, did he even see her? Pick up her lightsaber. He was a little occupied at that moment, too. No. Does he have any evidence that she's ever wielded the force at all? No. He also decapitates a death trooper, which was kind of cool, except they did it behind a pillar. So all we saw was the head fall off. That's that Disney violence requirements. You can't go above the line because that was the initial thing I was thinking as soon as they revived the night troopers. Right. All right. Cool. Decapitation time. The blasters aren't working. You got to stab them it's time to get with some dismemberment that's how you stop zombies that is and i kept waiting for somebody (laughs) to say zombie but obviously those don't exist in star wars so they don't have a word for it yet and i kept waiting and waiting for somebody to be like whoa that's crazy they're zombies but no they don't have the walking dead in a galaxy far far away it's like the walking dead and like the last of us and all those zombie movies where they refuse to call them zombies they always call them like clickers or yeah walkers walkers like they it's funny the term zombie just doesn't exist and they're like i wish we had a name for this or some sort of word anyways ezra gets on the star destroyer we get the comedic uh, and then he's Mm -hmm. hanging on by a fingernail and then he force jumps up and dispatches with the two night troopers who are there Sabine snipes one of them with a pistol from 300 yards. Yep. Dead eye. And then he tells Sabine, come on, come here so I can force pull you up here. She starts running and then they cut to Morgan and Ahsoka and Ahsoka kills Morgan and all the other night troopers. Well, she kills Morgan once it's film noir revealed three seconds later that Sabine didn't 
try to jump. She's there to yeah. team up with her master because they trust each other now. That was emphasized earlier on the ship because that's what Ahsoka realized when she talked to Anakin was, oh, he trusted me, so I got to trust my Padawan. Oh, yes. There you go. And she says to her, like, have you been practicing? That's what she said earlier. I tried. And he's like, I do, I do. Because, of course, everyone has heard Master Yoda bitch them out about trying. Saw this on a screen crush. Ryan Airy pointed out, and I remember this very well. When Kanan is teaching Ezra, do or do not, there is no try. Ezra says, wait a second. How am I supposed to do it if I don't try to do it? Like, how does that work? And Kanan says, I don't know, man. <laughs> Master Yoda used to say that shit all the time. I didn't get it then either. I like that. I forgot about that scene. I love sports. I love beer. I love watching sports and drinking beer at the same time. So when I turn on a hockey game and need something to quench my thirst, I reach for the beer that only has 96 calories. Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste that you want, and less of the stuff that you don't. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. The original light beer since 1975. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Remember the best vacation you've ever taken? Make your next one even better with Get Your Guide. With Get Your Guide, you can book over 100,000 unforgettable experiences in the U.S. and around the world. Want to see the Grand Canyon from a helicopter? They got you. Watching a wrestling match in Mexico City? No problem. Or how about a guided tour of Rome's ancient ruins? Wherever you're going, whatever you're into, book your next travel experience at GetYourGuide.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We get a shot of Shin showing up to the camp of the Marauders or whatever. And she does something that has been done with the Darksaber a bunch of times, right? I know Sabine did it. I know Maul did it. I know Moff Gideon did it. This idea, you show up, stand in front of everybody, and you open the sword. And everyone's like, oh, shit, well, I guess you're the boss now. I don't know why these people would respect it. Then we cut to old Balin who is almost at Mount Mordor. Yeah, definitely. It's a light in the distance on a mountainside. It's Lord of the Rings, and there's some big statues. Yeah. And do those look familiar to you, Mean? Yes, this is the father and the brother. If you guys remember, we talked about this weeks ago, about Mortis, about living embodiments of the Force, 
where the brother is the dark side, the sister is the light side, and the father represents the balance between them. There's the father and the brother where the sister would be is nothing looking like it got destroyed. And the father is pointing off to the distance to Mount Mordor where the fire of Mordor is. Mm -hmm. And so, Maze, we can only guess that that's where the world between worlds is. Because remember, when Ezra entered the world between worlds, he entered it through a mural of the father, the brother, and the sister. Yeah, it's definitely big picture force mythology stuff. The Mortis arc from, what, season three of the Clone Wars, mm -hmm. and then the rebels of Ezra going to the world between worlds. It's going to be something dealing with one or both of those things. Which, by the way, when you think about it, is pretty much the whole entire essence of Star Wars, as in those three mythological figures, right? Mm -hmm. Because Anakin is possessed by the dark. The Jedi, the witch, and the warlord, of course. Finally, we get Ezra, who does the old Ezra trick of putting on stormtrooper clothes. As the Star Destroyer arrives at Dathomir, he steals a shuttle and escapes. Yep, steals Balin's shuttle. So it's the same as the opening scene of the show when Balin and Shin show up and kill a bunch of people. But why wouldn't anyone, nothing on the radar? Like, hey, guys. No, 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 no. Dramatic effect. Also, what happened to the great mothers and their sense of smell? Well, he didn't log on to the Force Internet while he was on the ship, so they couldn't pick him up. Got it. He turned his phone off for the journey. But yeah, you know, hey, Hera, I'm home. Hi, Hera, I'm home. And I like the disbelief. I thought... Everyone just standing there with their guns out was amateurish, right? Wouldn't a military operation, they'd be like hiding behind shit and like, you know, a little bit more tactical than just a bunch of people. They look like gangs in the movies, like, hey, blood. Everyone's got their guns out. <laughs> I thought it was a weird stance for them to be all out in the open like that, just holding guns. And I also thought it was funny that Chopper yep. realized it was Ezra before anyone else. Chopper's so. got a really good sense of smell or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> some shit I don't know. He can smell Ezra. Sabine and Ahsoka go back to the Naughty Village, and the Naughties are really happy for some reason. Yes, they're thrilled. They're thrilled about this because they knew otherwise they'd be barbecue chicken. And that's it? Well, Ahsoka saw the Mirai. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is the owl-like bird. And that's a representation of the sister, which is the statue that got destroyed. And that's the light side of the force. So Ahsoka is here to represent the light side of the force. And I'm sure that will come into play with Balin once again, once he gets wherever he's going. So we can have balance and all that. And then also staring off at Mount Mordor, Mount Doom in the distance. The last thing we see is... Sabine is staring, and, and Ahsoka's like, what is it? And he's like, I don't know, shadows of the starlight, I guess. And she walks away, and Ahsoka takes one last look, and then she walks away. And as they walk away, Maze, it's Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost from the beginning of the movie. Oh, <sighs> you guys are uninspirable. Maze, does this not now convince you that that was his Force Ghost and not just it does not. the hallucinations? It does not. No? He looked different. He looked different because he's in the mortal world. Okay. I need more. I need World Between Worlds reps before I'm willing to provide a final ruling on my opinion. Otherwise, I remain unconvinced to me. To be clear, what Maze needs is Anakin Skywalker to appear to him. Right now, as the force goes, say, I need to go. I need to see the world between worlds myself. All right. <laughs> Till then, it's just this mythical made up place. People keep talking about it. Anakin, I need you to also hold a copy of today's newspaper. <laughs> yes. Take a photo. <laughs> so I have proof that it's today and not your force ghost from 20 years ago. 
there you have it, man. That's the Ahsoka series. I hope not. I hope we get a season two out of this. Yeah. Because there's so many things that are unresolved. This whole season has been a setup, clearly. That's obvious. A setup for what? What will the next phase be? What will the next chapter be? I have no clue. Obviously, the writer's strike put a big pause on Marvel and Disney stuff. So it could be two years before we get the next thing. No way. For Star Wars. No way. We'll see. They haven't even confirmed Mandalorian season four yet. I mean, well, we do have Skeleton Crew. That's supposed to come out in 2024. I just mean for this story. Skeleton Crew is in the same time. Okay, but what, one episode max where there's some crossover? Dude, look what happened. Book of Boba Fett. We got like two episodes. Okay, let me clarify. I mean, we won't find out what's going on with Balin. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. For a long time. Yes. They got to recast him. They got to figure out, is he going to have his own spinoff? Is that what they're trying to set up here? No, probably not because we still got Ahsoka and Sabine on Peridia. Yeah. But as we talked about last week, that was the number one thing I wanted got one one shot of him looking off of a mountain in the distance we got one shot of shin who apparently is going to be a barbarian warlord now i still want to know why he sent her away right oh i'm sorry there's something that we glossed over which really upset me they explain why ahsoka basically abandoned sabine pushed her away yeah and how do they do that they have hu yang backfill exposition it why wouldn't they show us this shit man this sounds a lot more interesting than half the shit we saw same thing with ezra saying ah you know he woke up the night sisters and i don't he woke him up huh you don't think i want to see that shit as opposed to like this is sabine in the hospital what are we doing Mm -hmm. and you know me i love politics i love star wars politics I didn't need so much Senator Shiono. If the alternative was I was going to see some cool shit. I mean, it's all, it's all to set up whatever is next. I get it. But like, could we not have seen the shit that already happened? Well, maybe there will be a spinoff prequel. Oh my God. Of Ezra and Thrawn on Peridia. This finale, I found myself engaged with the pursuit, even though I knew how it was going to more or less end with Thrawn getting away. I knew that everybody would live for the most part, except for Morgan once they gave her the makeover. Yeah. I found myself compelled. I was invested. I was enjoying it. And then about 25 minutes in, I think I looked at the clock and I said, oh, they're not going to. They're not going to resolve any of this. They're not going to even try to do any of this. At the end of all of this, my criticism is there were things that happened that they chose not to show. If you remember Maze way back, like episode three or whatever, I said, what they should do right now is just send us to Peridia and give us an entire episode. It starts with Ezra and Thrawn getting there and like over the years and da 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 Yeah. And now we're caught up from both ends of the storytelling, from the Ahsoka side, from the Ezra side, and now let's do this stuff. Yeah, there's a great episode of Lost that did exactly that with the tail section of the plane. We also could have gotten that Night of a Thousand Tears storyline within Ahsoka's world between worlds. Anakin's like, okay, I don't know where this, what the hell's happening here. I was like, well, you must know (laughs) after you die, this happens, right? Speaking of which, I forgot one more cold line, man. My man Thrawn picks up where where Vela left off and he hits her ass. Zing! He hit her with the one-two combo. I was like, oh shit, man. You thought Balin was the only one who had bars out here? He said, I knew what you were going to do. He said, I knew you'd say that to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to Ahsoka. 
about her tactics because I knew your master. You are a lot like your master. And then maybe that's where you belong. A ronin like you belong. And a ronin, of course, from the samurai lore, samurai with no master. Yeah. And that's what I said would happen last episode as soon as he puts two and two together that her master is Darth Vader. But the fact that he's doing this on a one-way voicemail seconds before he runs away took away some of the impact of that and also ahsoka didn't seem phased at all i don't know man i don't think it cut her nearly as deep as the no, stuff no. balen said because that was before her little christmas carol enlightenment before the ayahuasca yeah that was a different ahsoka okay her mind was so closed for sure it took away some of the impact that's all and i thought he would get that bar off but it didn't feel as strong over the phone the other thing is he said then he ran away he's like hell yeah man because if we establish anything from this series and also from Rebels, one thing Thrawn does not like, has a healthy fear of, it's the Force. If you match up with this dude on a battlefield with, like, tactics and shit, like schematics or whatever, this dude's X's and O's are sublime. He will out-strategy anyone. But once you enter some crazy space wizard stuff, he's like, I can't fight that. That's why he went and got Night Sisters. You gotta fight fire with fire. Green fire, if you can get it. I'm not surprised, particularly given how close they got to foiling them. Yeah, Thrawn would definitely talk shit and run. It's like, I'm not going to stick around for this shit. They also did the same stupid thing that Hera did, which is, this thing is about to jump into hyperspace. Yep. It is massive. Mm -hmm. You need to get the hell out of the way. Nope, let's get right in the direct path of the aftershock backfire and get rocked by that. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode until I realized that it was the end of the last episode for a while. We don't know if there will be a season two. We don't know when these people will be coming back. We don't know a lot. We can guess about what's going to go on on Dathomir and guess what's going to go on with Balin. But we don't know. We didn't spend any time with it and we didn't get any exposition about it. So it's all up in the air for whenever this comes back. And that leaves a bad taste in my mouth for the series as a whole. I mean, I don't know about you. Well, so you walk away. I walk away feeling that it was fine. Do your rankings change at all? It's Andor, then it's Mando 1 and 2, and then it's this. And this is pretty much the same level as Mando 3. Ah, uh, no, I don't think it's the same level. Well, no, no. I was more entertained by this than Mando Season 3. But the feeling that you're describing is familiar from that in the sense that why are we rushing through certain things? Yeah, the pacing is not good. The pacing in both of these seasons has not been good. Yeah. They're spending too much time doing some things. They're not spending enough time doing some other things. Yeah. There's whole episodes that go by and you kind of look around confused when it's over. Like, oh, okay. All right. It felt like we were connecting dots on an outline and there wasn't a whole lot of depth to what was happening there. Like, what you were talking about with you would have loved to see Ahsoka and Sabine in the past with their conflict over the Purge of Mandalore and all that. Or they could have even had a conversation about it. But all that happened here is she's like, I trust you now. Yeah. They kept hinting like, hey, you know, things are kind of tough with you. Things are, all these things are kind of tough. And then one day it's like, you know what? They're not tough anymore. I'm like, what? Like I said, either fit it into the world between worlds or give us an episode or a flashback. Or maybe Sabine is telling the story to Ezra and we get like a whole flashback. That's the other thing. Sabine and Ezra 
never talked about her coming to rescue him and nearly yeah sacrificing the galaxy and bringing Thrawn. But you know, like they never talked about it. By the way, Ahsoka, this is whole enlightened parenting thing. Bullshit. Well, Ezra got home. That you just jeopardized the whole galaxy for Ezra, who was cool anyway. He was banging turtles. <laughs> He's having the time of his life. <laughs> yep, like George Bluth in prison. That was Ezra on Peridia. Hey, hey T-Bone. A lot of it didn't make sense. If anything, this gets an incomplete. I mean, and you and I will have to wait a long time on Rule of Two to be able to even open up this dossier again. We're putting it in the file box and we're going to pick it up when everything comes back. Who would you cast for Balin's goal? I don't know. I've seen so many random wish castings. I don't think it should be a star. You know, like Ray Stevenson's a really good actor, but he's by no means a movie star. And what happens with dream casting is everybody's like, Hugh Jackman. And it's like, no, you're not going to get Hugh Jackman to do Ahsoka. You might, I mean, if you pay enough, but I think it takes it away. And it's distracting. Yeah. Now it's Wolverine is a fallen Jedi, you know? Okay, so let me ask you, all right, let me give you some names. I think you just cast one of Thomas Jane, Guy Pierce, or Aaron Eckhart and call it a day. I mean. <laughs> no, come on. I want to play this game. Yeah, hit me. Hit me with some names. Let's do it. I mean, why not? It could be anybody right now. It could even be a boat at this point. <laughs> it could even be Ray Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with guys who are around the same age or can at least portray the same age. Russell Crowe. He'd be good. He might be a little too slow. If it's not like combat-based, yeah, I think Russell Crowe could do it for sure. Sam Neill. No. Josh Brolin. Yeah, okay. Sean Bean. Well, then you'd have to die immediately if it was Sean Bean. <laughs> also, it'd be pretty funny to have Sean Bean come in and do the part of the Lord of the Rings that he didn't get to do because he got killed. Leave Schreiber. Yeah, I saw that one. Why not? He'd be great. Gerard Butler. No. I don't think he's, no. That's too much fighting, not enough acting. Vigo Mortensen. Wouldn't do it. Vigo wouldn't do it? No, absolutely not. Vincent D'Onofrio. No, he's already he's already in the Disney universe as Kingpin. So I don't think he would do it. Well, that's, I mean, that's not stopped anybody. There have been people who have done both. He could. He's not quite the physical type that I would want because he's trying to be Kingpin. Shout out to Griff, Biff's grandson. Since when did you become the physical type? And the only reason I bring that up is because there was also a Back to the Future 2 moment where Sabine and Ahsoka jump off the cliff and all the night troopers are like, two McFlies with the same gun. And then, da -da 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 -da. how about the dude that plays the hand of the king on Game of Thrones? What's my man? You talking about Jamie Lannister? Kingslayer, yeah, yeah. No, I was actually thinking it'd be easier to get the Hound. Oh, yeah. Sandor Clegane. But he's too big, though. Nicolaj Coster-Waldau, I don't think that's the one. No, he's a good actor and he's he's physical, right? I think the Josh Brolin, Liev Schreiber are my two favorites. I think Liev is probably the, the leader in the clubhouse. He's like the right physical type. He can yeah. act his ass off. He's got a great voice. I would be interested in seeing him. All right, man, make it happen. Disney? Drop the bag, bro. I can't believe you're like, <laughs> Russell Crowe might, but Vigo. Why would Vigo not? He doesn't really take checks anymore. He kind of does whatever he wants, and he's more of a, like, <laughs> artistic guy. The Aragorn thing, 
and that's why people are wish casting him for this is because his son really liked the books. And so he like took it on a whim. And also the guy who was playing Aragorn dropped out last minute and he wasn't really much of a star at that point, but he hasn't really gone back to like a big budget action IP type role since. So it's funny cause I'm scrolling through this list of names and I didn't realize there were more names. So real quick, John Hamm. John Hamm is in everything right now. So why not? Yeah, okay. Henry Cavill. No, too young. Joe, whatever the hell his last name is. The guy that played the werewolf on True Blood. Manganiello. Yeah. Too pretty. Okay. Tom Hardy. Too famous. Carl Urban. Okay. Another Lord of the Rings guy. Sure. Javier Bardem. No, too famous. And then it, that's getting funny here. Pierce Brosnan. Okay. What are we doing? No. Oh, wait. wait. Nick Offerman. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I really want a sarcastic deadpan Balin. That's what I want. Patrick Warburton. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the voice of Joe on Family Guy. Putty is Balin. Glenn Howerton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be more of a mackerel, I think. Yeah, Balin running the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> he did do that with Jin, didn't he? Separate completely. <laughs> he did. He finished the training there. And perhaps my favorite. Kevin James. <laughs> shrugging. Just shrugging. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, so like that's it. That's our review for Ahsoka as a season, perhaps series finale. As I teased at the beginning of the episode, this is not the last episode of Rule of Two this run. We've got one more episode next week where we're going to recruit a potpourri of names of people from across sports who like Star Wars. I'm going to see, man, if they agree with us, if they disagree, if they liked it, if they didn't like it. We're going to try and get as many voices as possible. I don't want to say any of the names right now because I'm still trying to finalize getting these people on wax. But the gist of it is, yeah, man, I think it could be a pretty fun conversation that you guys are going to really appreciate. Think of it as a GM survey. There you go. Of the Star Wars galaxy. For Darth Corn Puzzle, I'm Darth Mean, reminding you. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. I love sports. I love beer. I love watching sports and drinking beer at the same time. So when I turn on a hockey game and need something to quench my thirst, I reach for the beer that only has 96 calories. Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste that you want, and less of the stuff that you don't. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. The original light beer since 1975. Times change. 
but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces.